to Executive Perspective, Behind the Business. In this podcast, we bring you insights and perspectives from government leaders and executives around the Beltway and beyond. Hello, and welcome to Executive Perspective. I'm today's host, Amanda Ziede, Senior Writer with Washington Exec. And today I'm joined by Jonathan Scholl. He's the president of the Health Group at Lidos, a Naval Academy graduate, former chief strategy officer for Texas Health Resources, and a former partner with the Boston Consulting Group. He now leads several thousand employees within Lidos, providing health IT services and solutions to agencies like the DOD and VA. And we'll get to all of that today, including your current role and priorities. But first, I wanted to thank you for joining me today, John. I'm delighted to be here. Thanks for asking. Of course. So we're going to get into uh, your substantial industry career and your priorities going forward. But first, I'd like to start by asking you a bit about your background, if that's okay. Sure. Yeah, you bet. All right. I noticed that you received your education from the U.S. Naval Academy, uh, graduating with a degree in engineering. So growing up, was it always your intention to join the service? Were you always drawn to that lifestyle? Um, You know, I wasn't. I grew up in the West Coast in California. Um, I watched the Army-Navy games, but I hadn't really thought about it. I I really uh, had my heart captured. After my junior year, the Naval Academy had sent a uh, come out and visit the school uh, math and science seminar, and uh, and I fell in love with it. And so applied and, uh, you know, got lucky and, uh, and went. It was a great experience. Were you nervous at all uh, coming all the way to the East Coast? Uh, what I spent my whole formative years in California. I had never left the state wow. until I came to Annapolis, to went to Annapolis. Uh, so yeah, I was nervous, mm-hmm. and you know, was fly across the country alone, eighteen years old, and uh, you know, s- stay with a family you didn't know the first night before reporting for duty, and oh, wow. it was all new. How did uh, you find Annapolis compared? Uh, compared to other towns, or to home, <laughs> oh. California. Well, the East Coast is different than the mm-hmm. West Coast. Uh, you know, I grew up a swimmer, beach, you know, that kind of thing. And uh, plea beer was not swimming and beach. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, it was, a, it was a bit of a shock. I love, I love the school. I love the city. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, I really like the East Coast. So it was great. All right. Do you feel comfortable sharing a bit about your naval career as a lieutenant and being a nuclear submarine officer right out of... <laughs> Yeah. college? Yeah, sure. Uh, well, truth be told, I wanted, like many midshipmen, I wanted to fly jets. Uh, but my eyes wouldn't let me fly jets. And um, I hear that a lot. Yeah. 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 Well, you know, it's the movies and the, and right. the allure. Uh, I am a pilot, but, uh, but didn't get to fly for the Navy. Uh, but I'm really delighted with how all that ended up. I, I loved engineering. I majored in engineering and, uh, and selected nuclear power Maybe I should say it selected me because you have to go through an interview process and testing process, and uh, and and you know again fortunately made it through that and and uh, and and spent time in the nuclear power program. That is uh, in its early years uh, when you become a nuclear uh, a power officer. You go to a nuclear power school, then you go operate a nuclear reactor at one of the at the time many sites around the country. I went to Idaho. Oh, wow. Uh, and operated uh, was a reactor called S1W. It was the it was the first reactor that type of reactor was on the USS Nautilus. Wow! Uh, so that was a lot of fun. I stayed on there as an instructor. So it was picked up one of two people to instruct in the nu- nuclear power program, and then went to sea. Uh, and of course, there's travel and all that in between as you get duty station to duty station. I was stationed in Hawaii. 
I made uh, two Western Pacific deployments. And, uh, and so maybe it's better to say my wife was stationed in Hawaii and my kids were stationed. In Hawaii. I was <laughs> uh, stationed on a submarine uh, out at sea. Mm-hmm. Uh, and loved it. We did a lot of neat stuff at the uh, the end. Well, yeah, the end of the Cold War. Wow. And uh, uh, you know, is that for me? It was that perfect marriage of engineering and practice and seeing everything work. And you know, nothing like being in uh, you know the officer of the deck underway at night mm-hmm. on the surface or submerged. It was just great fun. So in 1989, you decided to make the switch to industry. Yeah. Um, why? Well, I had two kids, and uh, you know that the allure of change. Uh, you know, part of it was the op tempo of the military, and you know we weren't sure it was going to work for our family in the long run, and so we decided to uh, to uh, you know leave the service, and uh, I, I stayed in the reserves for as long as I could, mm-hmm. and uh, moved to California, and you know started another career. Right. Yeah, so I noticed you ultimately made the pivot to business, receiving your MBA from Harvard in 93? Yeah, 93. All right. And so how did the combination of your engineering background, uh, the naval experience, being on a submarine, and your business education ultimately help you progress professionally in industry? Yeah, it's a good question. I get asked that a lot, actually, because I interview a lot. And and when in part of my career, I interviewed a, a whole lot. I was in charge of recruiting at another company. But... Um, you know, engineering is both a practice and a discipline. And, you know, here at Lidos, we have engineers, and that's what they do all day, and they love it. And I was mm-hmm. never a practicing engineer, meaning, you know, in into design. Mm-hmm. But it's also a way of thinking. It's a disciplined way of scientific method, experimentation, using data to make decisions, that kind of thing. And that really, uh, that really appealed to me. And so that marriage of business decisions mm-hmm. with data... Uh, uh, you know, is a nice combination. And so I was just drawn, I was drawn that direction. Mm-hmm. How did your career pro- uh, progress? Yeah. So when I left uh, the submarine service, I ended up in a manufacturing company in Silicon Valley running two shifts of, of uh, uh, ladies and gentlemen who were building voicemail computers. Do you remember voicemail? Wow. Well, yeah. You know, you get... You the f- early days of Silicon Valley. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it was a, it was a mid-sized company, mm-hmm. about 80 million in revenue at the time, and it grew and got sold several times. Um, you remember doing 337 to all your voicemails mm-hmm. and, you know, deleting them, right? So, uh, but I was running a couple shifts. I'd really only known the Navy and the Naval Academy and, and the curriculum there. So I started going to night school um, and uh, started an MBA program at night and was just killing myself, you know, driving mm-hmm. all around California to school and managing two shifts of workers. and. Wow. So I made an application to a full-time program, got accepted, and uh, and went to Boston for a couple of years, and then uh, went into consulting. Mm-hmm. Uh, I spent five years with the Boston Consulting Group, uh, did a lot of, of various things from oil and gas, financial services, consumer packaged goods, mm-hmm. uh, left there. Is this too long? No, no. <laughs> left no. there and... Uh, and went to a tech startup building software. Oh, interesting. So I was running teams that were building mission-critical software for the healthcare industry. Right. And so we did uh, applications all over the United States. Uh, uh, and uh, then I got a call from BCG again. Mm-hmm. It was the head of BCG Americas and asked me when I was going to stop messing around and come back uh, to a career at BCG. And it, and it, was, uh, it was good timing for me. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so we did. I spent another decade 
Wow. At BCG as a partner and uh, ran the North American healthcare practice, uh, hospital healthcare practice. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, you know, that all told with the Navy was about 25 years being on the road, mm-hmm. uh, including that software company. And so uh, Karen and I made the decision to make the next move. And uh, I went to a healthcare system mm-hmm. where I ran strategy and business development uh, for joint venture hospitals and about 50 imaging centers and surgery clinics reported to me. And uh, so kind of got on the operational side as well. And then uh, Roger Crone recruited me into Lidos, and that's why I'm here. So did you sort of fall into the healthcare yeah. uh, field of industry? What about it really um, yeah. uh, spoke to you? Uh, it's a great question. And if you ask anybody in my group, they can tell you that story. Mm-hmm. And so here's my story, right? right. I uh, When I was doing work at, at BCG, well, first of all, I, I mentioned a bunch of industries I was in earlier. And, mm-hmm. and so healthcare became one of those. Mm-hmm. And we did a project in, uh, in Dallas where we put a lot of money, it was about a billion dollars worth of capital into the market working with the healthcare system. Mm-hmm. And it was uh, it was difficult to decide where to go, what to do, what services, what bed towers to build, all of that. But I remember driving home uh, on the North Dallas Tollway <clears throat> past a bed tower that had gone up as a result of the uh, discipline that we helped them put in place to, to put a lot of capital in the market. And the lights were on, uh, and you knew people were in there. You know, it just touched my heart, mm-hmm. so— all right, cool. Yeah. Were you looking and, for a change? Oh, sorry. Continue. No, that was it. Ever since, became, you know, I was a healthcare person. Very cool. Were you looking for a change when Roger recruited you? No. Um, it was kind of out of the blue. I had gone to a the, my 30th year reunion at the Naval Academy, and mm-hmm. a Lidos employee who I worked with here ultimately uh, said, hey, you ought to take a look at this position. And one thing led to another uh, and uh, met Roger and— and uh, you know he's a he's an outstanding individual, great CEO, and you know that was that was it. Mm-hmm. So you've been president of the health group for five, uh, since 2015, yeah. correct? Yeah. So how did this opportunity? Uh, no, I'm sorry, we already talked about this. Um, what does your day to day look like? <laughs> leading you know leading thousands of Lido's employees that are yeah. providing solutions and various health IT services. Yeah, uh, yeah. What's a day for you? Well, um, they're varied. Uh, you know, first of all, you try to establish an operating rhythm with the group. So you're reviewing the right things on the right days mm-hmm. and, you know, making yourself available for the, for the kind of operational parts of the business. And, and that's really important mm-hmm. uh, to have a rhythm around that. Um, I, I also spend a lot of time, uh, uh, you know, sharing vision for where I think we can go mm-hmm. and should go and have an obligation to go. And uh, in helping the employees see that, you know, feel it, experience it, make sure that they have the, the tools, the people, the management, the, the compensation, the rewards to achieve uh, the things that they can achieve for our customers. Yeah, and this industry seems to be uh, all about making a difference via the services and solutions that you're able to provide yeah. to government, ultimately making their way to end users. Um, how have you seen uh, that difference making? Yeah. To the health group. Well, we do it all over the place. So, uh, for example, the, the coronavirus is a is mm-hmm. a uh, what's in the news. If you right. haven't noticed, <laughs> and uh, you know, we at Lidos, and particularly in the health group, 
have a number of things we're helping the government with from monitoring disease progression through running clinical trials for antivirals that uh, you know could have impact on the on the virus that's a that's a small thing but we've done that and are doing it for Ebola I have people in the Democratic Republic of Congo mm-hmm. literally treating patients who have Ebola and doing new drug therapies uh, and proving them out you know, at the source of something which could be really impactful uh, to world and, and, of course, our national security. So, you know, that's in the life sciences area. We do millions of veteran exams uh, to help them qualify for the benefits mm-hmm. that they deserve after, you know, years of service. Uh, we're helping the, like, the uh, Department of Defense put in their new electronic healthcare record and uh, d- doing it well. Mm-hmm. And, and it's a lot of fun to, to see that happen. We have 10,000 users. We're in 10 hospitals now and about 50 ambulatory clinics. There are babies being born. And that story I told you about the bed tower and right. the lights mm-hmm. on, well, you can feel that mm-hmm. every day, right, that, uh, that we're making an impact. I could go on for the rest of the broadcast <laughs> about the amazing people inside the health group and the programs that we're doing for uh, all of our customers, FDA, Social Security, CMS. Uh, you know, CDC, VA, DOD, uh, we, we do wonderful things. Mm-hmm. And in your opinion, what is the greatest technological or uh, IT challenge that the healthcare industry is facing right now? And how are you working towards tackling that? Yeah, uh, there are many. Um, I, I, for me, the, the, you know, near the top of the list, the top of the list is the interoperability and liquidity of data between the different venues of care. Mm-hmm. It's If you've ever tended somebody who had a serious uh, medical malady or chronic disease, going from specialist to specialist through this EMR, through that EMR, to ambulatory care, uh, and then maybe virtual care, mm-hmm. uh, no one shares all that data right. very well today. And so having access to the data is one thing, but also then using it inside the decision-making process of care. I think that's one of our biggest challenges. Mm-hmm. Um, the government has uh, recently, within the last couple of years, tasked uh, the Office of National Coordinator with coming up with data interoperability standards, defining what data blocking is, because mm-hmm. sometimes the actors block data because they want to port it, um, or other reasons. You know, sometimes they, they do it for... Uh, reasons they think are patient safety or, you know, those kinds of things. Um, but so there's legislation helping solve that. And I think the next the next era of healthcare is going to be data liquidity and using data in clinical workflows. And in a perfect world, what would next-gen health IT look like? Yeah. Um, well, there's clearly a movement toward consumer-centric care, you know, putting putting something in your hands, either permission or the actual medical record, you know, on a stick, on a phone, whatever. And so I think more and more consumers will be involved in the use of their data for treatment and giving permission to do it. You might see blockchain technologies emerge in that, um, uh, certainly cyber and uh, those kinds of technologies that we at Lidos do so well mm-hmm. can play an important part. Um, so I think you know, part of it's going to be uh, part of it's going to be uh, just the you know the availability of of, uh, of data for the consumers, and you know them controlling how their destiny uh, happens in the healthcare system. The uh, you know most consumers when they have complex diseases rely on their clinician 
to help make decisions. And so I'm not a big believer in purely consumer-centric healthcare. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and so there is this marriage, if you will, between the patient and their care team. Mm-hmm. And so data matters there as well. And so we'll see that emerge. Yeah, there are so many uh, components to the healthcare industry, so many actors. Mm-hmm. Um, how, how do you work with your clients and how do you approach innovation when, when working with clients and trying to help them solve their health IT yeah. problems? Yeah, it's a good question. P- Peter Drucker said that healthcare was one of the most complex industry that he had run across, right? And, and it is. Mm-hmm. You take a hospital, a hospital isn't just a hospital. It's the business of pediatrics. It's the business of cardiology. It's the business of orthopedics. Mm-hmm. It's the business of cancer. All different doctors, all different supply chains, all different uh, operating theaters, uh, you know, configured differently and on and on. So it's a very complex industry. Uh, You know, first, we have to know our clients. We have to spend enough time with them, have enough expertise that we deserve the right to spend time with them and understand what their problems are. And, of course, we bring our own perspectives to that. But the first is really understanding deeply what where you know where the customer is going and why, and sometimes helping them make decisions about how to how to get from point A to point B, um, and then we design solutions around it. Uh, you know, Lidos has a you know is a service company with a lot of expertise, digital transformation, uh, enterprise IT, cyber. I, I listed a lot of the health programs that we do, and we bring a lot of that technology from. We bring a lot of technology from different groups inside Lidos into other groups inside Lidos. Mm-hmm. So inside the health group, we're using technologies to help our customer that were uh, originated inside the Department of Defense. Okay. So what are your priorities this year going forward? What are you really focusing on? Yeah. Well, one is you know excellent program performance for our customers, really mm-hmm. delivering on what we said we're going to do. Uh, of course, every year you have to earn the right to Keep the contracts you have, and you know that you know about recompetes and mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, so that's a major priority of ours and a, and a key pillar of our strategy. Um, one of the most important things we're doing this year is I mentioned earlier is helping the Department of Defense mm-hmm. with their medical record, and so that you know I I spend a lot of time on that. Um, and then um, and it, you know so keeping our business and delivering with excellence, focusing on the electronic health record. And so uh, we're helping Cerner in the VA mm-hmm. theater, and there are other electronic health record decisions being made inside international and uh, United States government. Uh, and so we really want to be known as that integrator that is able to really provide excellence in the electronic health record implementation market for the government. Um, you know, our DOD program, for example, is on time. It's on budget. We're rolling out. And uh, and so we think we've developed some expertise there. Uh, and then kind of the last priority is what I mentioned just a minute ago, bringing the best of Lidos from all around Lidos into the healthcare uh, customer. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we're bringing command and control type philosophy, cyber uh, programs, that kind of stuff to, uh, to our customers, digital transformation. Uh, and then... Uh, you know, as part of that is taking Lido's capabilities to very selective um, commercial customers. Mm-hmm. So uh, we last year signed a contract with the fourth largest health system in the United States to do, uh, you know, parts of digital transformation that we do all the time inside Lido's for GSMO and NextGen and, you know, other programs. We're bringing that into the commercial world as well, inside health. 
So that would really be it. You really, you know, defend our business, mm-hmm. really do well in the electronic health record space, and bring bring innovation uh, both federally and commercially. Do you feel any uh, personal connection to the work that you do with DOD and VA, considering your time in the Navy? Yeah, all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, my brother served. Okay, I served. <clears throat> uh, my son served. Excuse me. Um, my brother and my son have service-related injuries. Wow. And and so they use the services that my teams stand up and support. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I feel a real personal connection. I was fortunate to not you know, have those kinds of injuries. But, but you're able to see firsthand how absolutely. those benefit actual yeah. service members. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's really important. So what what continues to motivate you and drive you in, in this uh, field of business? We... Um, we're working on some uh, material that we're taking to this healthcare conference called HIMSS. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. I'm familiar. You know HIMSS? Yeah. yeah. Um, and part of the dialogue we were having is, you know, when we, when we impact a life, you know, a baby's born in a, in a hospital out in the Pacific Northwest or anywhere in the, in the military health system or uh, an adolescent, uh, you, you become stable and not uh, prone to self-harm. We were in that program, right? Mm-hmm. When a veteran receives the benefit that they need so that they can be healthier. <clears throat> you know, the end result of that is a real impact on society. Mm-hmm. You know, what what is that child going to become? What can that veteran now achieve? Um, are questions that we ask ourselves, and that motivates me every day. So as you look back on your career, what has been the most rewarding aspect? Uh, leading this team. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there are over 7,000 people in the health group. They work hard every day. Uh, they try to do the right thing every day. Uh, and I try to help them get the tools, processes, people, and vision uh, that they need to achieve the very best that they can achieve uh, for our customers. And it's a privilege to lead this team. Okay. So what do you hope to accomplish in the next five to 10 years, uh, personally or within Lidos, however you'd like to take it? Um, Lidos today, Lidos Health today is the ninth largest health IT and services company in the United States. Mm-hmm. Probably didn't know that, right? We're bigger than some other names that you know. Uh, you know, we need to we need to be in the top three, and you know that's where the next ten years is for us. We have meaningful, important uh, things to say and contribute to federal and commercial customers in the in the realm of healthcare, healthcare delivery, healthcare data. Uh, healthcare, mm-hmm. uh, life sciences through, uh, you know, through the technology. You know, we call it bench to bedside. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's the next 10 years from us is, is to more contribution, more growth, because uh, we want to, we deserve it. We, we, we are going to earn our spot into one, two, or three. Mm-hmm. So. And in terms of leadership, uh, you know, graduating from the Naval Academy and, and being given responsibilities that seem so... Uh, important and um, uh, strong, and you know, really high, high national security uh, at a young age. What? How has that uh, transformed into your leadership style, and how you view uh, being a leader to your team today and throughout your career? Well, there are a lot of things that impact your leadership style. Mm-hmm. You know, part of it's education, part of it's experience. Uh, you know, certainly, you know being in the Navy and being not only familiar with the military, but understanding, um, you know, nobody, <laughs> when you're a young ensign, 
the the chief who's going to retire next year doesn't do what you want him to do or listen to you just because you happen to have gold bars on your mm-hmm. collar, right? You have to earn it and learn how to uh, respect that individual, listen carefully and make good decisions. So, you know, the Navy, the military teaches that. Uh, but you also learn from the leaders that you have. Mm-hmm. And I've had a number of uh, great people that I've worked for. I mentioned Roger earlier. It's, mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know, it's just been uh, phenomenal work for these 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 past many years. And, and I've had others. So, you know, I think you swirl all that together and then you get out and with a team that allows you to, uh, you know, lead them and, and you try to earn that every day too. Okay. So my last question for you is, uh, I'm curious what drives you in other aspects of life, what you're passionate about outside of work. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a, I like to build things. Okay. Engineer. That makes uh, sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, I, I mentioned earlier, I'm a pilot. I built an airplane. Wow. Um, I, uh, you know, have have built a car. I rebuilt a boat. Um, but for me, it's not. It, it's about getting my hands in it, getting my mind in it, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, and being able to step back and look at the creation of something. I find that you know that's my zen, mm-hmm. uh, and and uh, I think that reflects itself in my work as well. Mm-hmm. You know, if you look at the things that I do best and and that I'm most passionate about, it's the it's the the things that are out in the headlights that need to be built. Do you own this plane that you built? Uh, I, I did for a long time. I ended up selling it. Oh, wow. Did you fly it? <laughs> yeah. It's back there on the wall. Wow. That's that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I had to ask. Very cool. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, is there anything else you'd like to include? Make sure we go over before we finish? Or? Uh, you know, Lidos is a, is a, a, a fantastic company serving the, the government and commercial customers in so many varied ways. Lidos Health is a phenomenal team the leaders and the people who really do the work mm-hmm. uh, with the customer. And it's such a privilege to, uh, to work with them. I, I would leave you with that. It, you, you know, uh, you can trust Lightos to do the work that we say we'll do. All right. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Really appreciate it. I, I was just delightful. Thank you. Thanks for joining us on Executive Perspective, Behind the Business. Visit our website at www.washingtonexec.com for more content and episodes.